How's everybody doing? My name is Pasha Gian at PASH021. I'm with two of uh, one of my favorite uh, people on Twitter at Bobak Goldries. How you doing, Bobak? Hi, Pasha. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. And we have Sina at Sina underscore SA. How you doing, Sina? I'm not too bad about yourself. Very well, very well. So today we just want to talk about uh, Group F. You know, after eight years, Iran made it. So I just, I just wanted your opinion. So what do you think about our group? Uh, either of you could start first. Sina, you want to go first? Um, so, um, to be honest, I think um, you know, this World Cup is, uh, is so close in terms of standard between the teams that um, you know, any group would have been hard anyway. But I think uh, it's, not a, it's not a bad team to us. I think we've Bosnia and Nigeria. <coughs> of course, it's going to be a tough challenge for us, but... Um, you know, which is uh, obviously the preparations have um, have gone all right. Could have gone better, but uh, we've got to wait and see um, how it goes. Yeah. But you know, I think it's in a decent place. I think. So, what are your thoughts about that? Well, initially during the draw at the World Cup, I was uh, I was worried we we're going to fall in another group. But yeah. When our name came out of the pot, I was thinking it could have been better, could have been worse in terms of the strength of the team. Uh, preparations generally have been relatively well. Uh, training camps after the initial hiccup in South Africa, yeah. things went well in Austria. Uh, I think we sh if we want to qualify for the second round, we might as well move from this group. So yeah. if we play to our potential, I think we do have a chance. True. So, you know, what I was thinking, you know, with all these sanctions on Iran, you know, all the hardships we've been through, you know, generally, you know, I think for preparation-wise, it was pretty good, you know, at least, you know, our local players were training in Vienna, you know, in Austria, and then we went to, uh, I mean, they were in uh, training in South Africa, and then we, we went to Vienna, so it was pretty good. Um, I think I think the biggest problem would be that uh, fitness level for the players, you know, because the hype is all about in the first half, and usually Iranian players tend to, like, fade away in the second half. So I think it'll be interesting to see how Iran will cope during Group F with you know with the likes of Argentina, the African champions, and now Bosnia is coming through with Jago, Pejanic, you know. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how we're gonna do. So what do you guys think about tactic wise? How do you think uh, Kers is gonna tactical wise line up with uh, four two three one or four three three? What are your thoughts? Either of you could go first. Right. Which is pretty much what we played throughout the qualifiers. Uh, yeah. The difference is that uh, over the recent training camp, what he's done is doubled up on both wings. He's uh, playing fullback. He's playing second fullback ahead of the actual fullback. So right. It's a bit more conservative. It's a bit more cautious. Normally, I would be against it, but uh, we're going up against teams that are going to attack us. Yeah. And I can see the logic behind it. We're, we're not better than them when it comes to let's say technique or skill or experience but we can fight them and uh, with this setup i think we do have a chance it's going to purely rely on our counter attacks hopefully we can transition quickly from the back to the front because if we don't have the tempo it's going to cost us we're going to be 10 men behind the wall backs against the wall for the whole 90 minutes somehow like uh, what happened in seoul and i don't yeah. think the likes of uh, argentina would need as many chances score against us. Definitely. So, Sina, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a 4 2 3 one. And um, to be honest, out of uh, the starting 11, maybe 6 or 7 has been pretty obvious since our game against South Korea. Right. Year, I mean, 
sort of put him ahead there on the you know on on right wing or right midfield if you like and Montaze at right back. Um, it's it's risky. I think if you play your open game, Montaze can get exploited really easily, especially against Nigeria you know, with the very pacey uh, wingers. But uh, I think that's the key. I think uh, you will make sure Hader uh, helps uh, helps uh, Montaze and. You know that that's the thing. You know we've got to right. make sure there are no spaces on uh, on both sides um, for the Nigerian wingers as well as uh, Bosnia, of course. I think the key point for us to get points out of uh, of this group are for me personally. I think Andranik and Mustafa are the main points. I think yeah. the transition from defending to going forward will come through them, and I think the partnership between those two will be vital defensively and going forward. Definitely. You know, for me personally, I think the most vital, as uh, Sina mentioned, I think, you know, we, obviously we have, you know, the, the hype is going to always be on Dejaga, you know, Gucci, because they're dominantly are the most important players and they, they've done well. But I, physically, I really, really think it's going to be up to Javad Nekun, I'm on Jonathan and how are we going to cope with Group F? Because if they could distribute the ball, ball very, you know, very perfectly, you know, get that flow of the game going, I think we have a big chance. And that's a big thing against... Uh, our first game against Nigeria, against Mikel and Onazi, and, you know, I hope we do well. So now we talked about, you know, about about the tactics and how we're going to co-op. So do you think he picked the 23-man squad? you think that is the best 23-man squad he could have picked? I'm not sure about uh, necessarily using the word best. Uh, it's probably the, the most suitable one for what he's trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. I would have probably made one or two changes overall, but uh, I wouldn't complain too much. It was a surprise uh, not to have Khaladkari in the 23. Right. Quite uh, crucial in the qualification. He scored a winning goal against Uzbekistan uh, in a game where we were sitting and defending, and we were very lucky to get some results there. And uh, at the same time, Sardar Azmoun, I would have I taken that, the I risk. I think that was our most important win. I think that was our most important win in the qualifying. He was. He wouldn't have won that game. He would have been with sufferers. Yeah, probably true. Probably true. Uh, Sardar Azmoun, I would have taken the risk of putting him in the 23 instead of having a, an extra defender, someone like Kanzade or Mahini, who right. would probably not get any minutes. I mean, it's better to have a youngster who is confident, maybe a little bit arrogant even, and naive, and you can throw him in and late in the game, and it could make a difference. Uh, he's clearly got potential. He's a bit inexperienced, yes, uh, but that's the kind of joker in the pack which every every squad could use. So I was a little bit surprised when his name was cut, but uh, there were a lot of rumors that there were some other issues in the training camp to do with his attitude or his agent's presence. Right. So, you know, now we're talking about Sadar Osman. Do you think Kairos did did not pick him because he wasn't doing well in the in the Austrian camp? Or do you think just because of how defensive he's always been, he just preferred Mahini and Khanzada over him? You know? Are you talking to me? Or anyone. Anyone. So I just, like, leave it open to discussion. Probably 
probably wouldn't know the truth, but Kiros has a lot of, uh, he puts a lot of weight on uh, discipline, attitude, personalities, etc. Hashem, they saw that they're giving him a lot of time to be fit. I don't think he's uh, necessarily the best left back out there, but if you watch some of the videos or hear some of the players talk, he's very important for uh, in terms of the squad spirit and the way he settles in the squad. So I think uh, someone like Big Sada being given so much time to recover and be involved in the squad is about that personality, the attitude, and what he brings to the camp much more than, let's say, necessarily he's tactically the best fit in the squad. Definitely agree. So, Sina, so what's your, what are your thoughts, mate? First of all, about Sadler, I think um, his omission in me personally has been more of a surprise than Kalafari was in the squad either. Because, uh, you know, now he's playing and he's striking. He's in Germany, you know, he's on the Nizad and Ankhari back. And uh, I thought, yeah, first I thought Argentina didn't go at all because, uh, you know, he's taken Ankhari back and he's on Nizad as well as Kalafari. You know, he's like playing Kalafari, you know, just behind the striker sometimes, you know, as a family. So I thought, you know, Calabar is going to be first first striker, and he didn't take him either. And it was a bit of um, not disappointment, but a bit of a shock. Of course, Calabar would have been disappointed, but I think Osmond he would have benefited from going. I'm not sure whether he would have played or not, but I think the experience of uh, being in the World Cup, being around the team, uh, at this stage would have been very useful to him and the future, as well as uh, you know, national team future. Um, in regards to Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, the fact, that he, the, fact, the fact that he decided against having a third striker pretty much sets the tone of the way Iran is going to be set up throughout the games. It's, it's very unlikely we're going to turn to a two-man, two strikers. I mean, it, I would be surprised if we have Gucci and uh, Ansari Khan lining up together unless it's very late in the game. So having a third striker, when you're really looking at only playing one, Probably, probably tells us that Kiros is going to be playing defensively, as we know, counter-attack, 4-2-3-1, having second defenders on the wings as well. So the, having Chehambash as an alternative or answer fat gives him a lot of options up front, at least when it comes to his uh, his vision for how he wants us to get results. Yeah, I agree. I think Chehambash, um, you know, they say the, uh, the team are the best plan B to get them you know, the best results in the World Cup. And Jamba is our plan B. I think it's our only plan B. And the fact that you know, he's obviously playing on the right, but Terra uh, isn't really keen on putting anyone defensively, you know, on the left hand side. So he always wants to make sure one of his, uh, you know, wide areas is, is, you know, defensively tight, and just make sure that attack, the attack on one side. And I think that brings a lot of one dimension, you know, one dimensional game to our. Uh, our football when we're attacking because if our plan B is on the down back then all the game will go to be him because you know the one that won't be there behind. So I think that is a bit of um, a bit of a disappointment. I'm not sure if we go behind we'll be able to get back into the game at all. Obviously you've mentioned you've mentioned you've mentioned you haven't got two strikers but I think even our midfield it's not it's not mobile enough you know to to get forward quickly and get back. So I think if we go one nil down I just want, wanted to make one more point about uh, the left back as well. Of course, I agree with Balak. I think uh, his personality was one of the key points that he was in the squad. But Kuros clearly sees something in him. And I don't know what it is. I think, I don't know what it is, but he's been, he's been so 
want to blame him on the left, you know, on the left, left back. But for a while, I thought it's because of the partnership he's had with Montagari um, and Sardari. I said that a lot. But, um, you know, I don't know what it is. And he, he seems to be a very key point for him in that defence. He was pretending to Brazil with, you know, two, three weeks to go, not sure if he's going to get recover, you know, recovered back in time. So I think, um, you know, he will, he will be another um, player for England in the future. Are you guys surprised with the amount of, let's say, foreign-based Iranian players, the ones who have joined the squad, like Beysa Shore and Saldari, etc., the ones that were hailed a lot when they were called up, but they haven't made it through. I personally feel that Kiros is looking at the best players, but the fact that those players were called up, it kind of spurred on some of the people who felt their places were challenged, and they kind of stepped up their game a little bit during the last few months, and they've kept out people like Beta Shur and Salvari himself as well. So, do you guys do you guys share that opinion or what? I mean, I mean to be honest with you, uh, before before uh, Kairos was gonna pick Beta Shur, you know, Beta Shur was really hyped up and on ESPN because you know he's dual citizen, and there was a lot of rumors going out in the, on ESPN and in the states that Clinton was gonna pick him, like for this World Cup. And then because, you know, of how brilliant he, he had plenty, like, assisted 14 goals or something from the right-back position in the MLS, and he was in the all-star team with, with the likes of Thierry Andre and David Beckham. So I was really, really, really honestly surprised that he picked um, Iran over U.S., you know, just because of, you know, I just feel like he's really more into the likes of, you know, just more he's more American as opposed to Iranian. Um, but the thing but the thing that I, I like more about Beitoshur is that, is that he just brings hype to the game. You know, like, I've watched him play for Vancouver Whitecaps a couple of times, and, you know, he's just he's just a really great right back. You know, he sells right, he defends, you know, he doesn't, you know, if we look at Hodge Safi, you know, he attacks, and, you know, the left back position is all open, and then the, the, the kill is from the left. So I think the thing with Beitoshur is that he's a really, well, really, really well put uh, right back, and I just wish that instead of putting Khosrow Haydari into right wing, I wish Kairos would have test put Beitoshur in the right wing as opposed to Haydari at the right back in his preferred position. But um, the thing with Daniel Daugherty, honestly, he hasn't done well. Honestly, I mean, I'd be surprised if he's going to start for the World Cup because you know in his first debut, I think it was against Guinea, if I'm not mistaken, he was awful. So. I really don't think. I think honestly, for Daveri, I don't think he has a. I don't think he's gonna start, even though he's foreign based and with a language barrier. I don't. I think it's, he's not prepared. Yeah, I uh, I kind of agree. Beta, sure. I think he had a good season a couple of years ago, and last season was a little bit average. It looked like he wasn't gonna get called up by Clinton actually, and uh, a lot of the ESPN people I spoke with uh, on on Twitter told me the same that he had a good season a couple of years ago. Right. Kind of faded a little bit after that, so it wasn't likely he was going to get called up for the U.S. I very highly doubted that anyone would choose. Um, I mean, someone who's grown up in the U.S. would choose to play for Iran. Yeah. To represent the U.S. The same thing went with Ashkan Zedjava when he chose us. It was clear that he was never going to break into the German team anymore. Uh, Dushan in the Jada as well. I think these players, uh, they feel a strong affinity to the country that raised them as well. And once they realize that there's no chance for them to make it with their country of uh, where they've been naturalized, they kind of accept the call. And that's why a lot of the times you see this, will he, won't he accept this call up and it takes a few months for them to go through the uh, do's and don'ts. Yeah, same idea. I think, um, based on Shira, I think, as you said, a couple of years ago, he was really at home. And I think that's the maximum potential that he could play. 
I don't think it can get any better, you know, as time goes on. But, um, you know, I'm, I don't think, you know, what I said, I don't think it would have changed one over and over the US if he had the chance to choose one. Right. And of course, he was in the, he was in the US squad a couple of years ago as well, wasn't he? He came from Bolden. Um, but he didn't, he didn't make his debut. But I think, yeah, he couldn't get into the US side for his crazy run with the, uh, with the card game. And it's the same situation with, um, David Japanese guy, I forgot his name, Aria. Um, Hasagawa. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And, um, he was forced to his card and his father said, you know, I want him to play for Iran, but he doesn't really want to choose Iran over Japan because he sees that he's got a chance with the Japanese national team and he sees that he's got, you know, I think it's the same situation with Debaga and, um, and Beitaku a few years ago. I definitely agree. So now speaking of, like, we were just talking about the goalkeeper position, Daniel Dalberry. So what do you guys think about the goalkeeping situation? Because right now, we honestly, we don't... It seems like Hagley might actually start for us. Like, we never expect our third string. Basically, goalkeepers could probably most likely going to start against Nigeria. So what are your thoughts on it? I'll go with uh, Sina. You want to go first? Sina? I'm a huge admirer of Rahman. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily of his character and his personality, but as a keeper, you know, he's been phenomenal in the past few years. And he's not been as great in, in the last year or so, but you know, personally, I thought he was the best thing about Iran in his qualification for the World Cup, which is why he should qualify. But um, I think once, once it was obvious that Rahman didn't make it, I just left it completely up to Kurt, which I think is our best uh, goalkeeper. I wouldn't necessarily agree. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with him if uh, Harry was uh, starting. I think I mean, he's not a great keeper, but I don't think he's as um, you know error prone as uh, Dalbari and uh, and Ahmadi. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Ahmadi at all. I think he's a good shot stopper, but he makes silly mistakes. I think he makes really yeah yeah. Especially for coming out. Yeah, especially for crosses. You know, he comes, he comes and sometimes he gets and catches it really well. But not always. You know, there, there is that odd mistake in him, and you don't want that odd mistake to be the World Cup match against Nigeria or against Argentina or Bosnia. You want to make sure your keeper's solid. And if he can't stay, you know, there's a key thing and angry shot, then that's fair enough. But you don't, you don't want to lose to a certain goalkeeper mistake. That, and that seems to be always our problem, as we saw four, uh, eight years ago with Mirzapur. So, what do you think about that? Who do you, who do you want? Who, do you, who would you feel comfortable in goal? Person I feel most comfortable with is not in the squad. That's Rahmat. Yeah, that's how I. Yeah. Like Tina said, but between the three, to be honest, uh, obviously Ahmadi is the most experienced in Iran. But Habigi, I haven't seen too much of him, but uh, I haven't seen enough to be able to judge him. But from what I read, he has a good physical stature, and that's what uh, I think. The thing that's counting against Ahmadi more than anything is that physically he doesn't have the stature to dominate his box. And Kiros went after Dovary with the idea that this guy is a big, big man and he's able to dominate his box. But one of the big weaknesses that he's shown in the games he's played that he's actually stuck onto his line. He's not attacking the ball off crosses. It happened against Angola again. I think there's something, because I've watched of, him uh, play um, in his team for the Bundesliga. And he's he decent shot stopper, but I don't know what it is when he plays for, any, uh, for Iran, sorry. He, he, he looks a bit uncomfortable. I don't know what it is. He, he doesn't know when to come out, when to stay on his line, what to do. And I think that's really worrying to him. I mean, he's a good keeper. But would you think that's a language barrier, though? What do you think? That... You, have, you have clubs. You have clubs all over the world. Keepers coming from different countries. Uh, they don't 
don't speak the same language, but you know, I, I think people are making too much of the language barrier. I just think his personality, he's not really integrated into the team that much. You don't see him bonding with the players as much. He's kind of uh, hanging on with Beitar Shur most of the time, and right. they seem to have their own little clique. So it's, it's, I, I feel that, I don't know if the players have tried to make him feel part of the squad, or he needs to make an extra effort. I just feel that he hasn't gelled. The chemistry has, isn't there. That's counted against him. And now Kiroz is looking at an alternative. The fact that he played Hadi against Trinidad, I don't think he was tested too much, but that tells us that uh, it's likely he's going to start. I mean, it's very unlikely he's going to coincide with because he could have played him for these friendlies a couple of games, give him the chance to kind of feel comfortable, but he didn't. So I feel it's almost certain that it's going to be Hadi. And uh, I will be worried every time the ball comes into the box. Yeah. And again, I would be worried with any of these. I definitely agree with you guys, but you know the thing. Yeah, go on, Cena. Thank you. Above the team or above anything. It, it, it teaches them a little bit about professionals. And what I like about Kyrgios is he sets foot his ground, he's instilled discipline. Anyone who says something out of line gets crossed out or gets paid for price. Like Prandelli has with the Italian team. Ramati, I know he is not going to, he's going to live the rest of his life regretting why did he do whatever he did. I mean, whatever was going on behind the scenes, it could have been dealt with behind the scenes rather than bringing it up in the public, giving these. Uh, statements about there are some things going on and I can't talk about it. It's a typical Iranian mentality when it comes to the mysteries of Iranian football domestically. Everyone comes out, they want to say something, but they don't say it. You know, they, they keep yes. everyone wondering and guessing what's going on. It's just to stir the pot and it doesn't help anyone whatsoever. And uh, Ramadan is going to regret this. And I think we may even regret, I mean, the, the ramifications are it's going to affect the national team as well. I hope it doesn't, but it probably may. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sorry, Sam. Just one, one second. We're speaking about Rahmati. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he did the same thing with Tala Blue. And that's like when Tala Blue was a goalkeeper, I feel like when he got invited, he was just like, I should be the first team goalkeeper. And I think that would, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he had the same conflict when he had with his club right now, too, as opposed to Washington Tala Blue start above me. Is that, isn't that, I think, and I think, and I, and I, and I certainly believe it was because Kairos was trying to invite Daniel Dover in because, you know, he believed that Daniel Dover is a foreign player and Kairos is a foreign coach and I feel like he just felt like it's not right, you know, but the thing could be saying, you know, the same could be said with Reza Guchanejad, you know, as soon as he got invited or Deja got a lot of people, critics said that, why are you supposedly inviting these foreign players? These are not actually Ronnie's and look, that goal he scored in Seoul, took us to the World Cup, and everybody shut their mouths up after that. And I think it's just all this Iranian mentality. Go on, Sina. Yeah, I mean, 
know, the seventh goal was a year that you signed. But, and, you know, you would look at players to come in and fill that spot and, you know, get goals and give up. You know, because you couldn't get that many chances, and especially with the defensive team mentality. And Bouchon would have filled in uh, that spot perfectly. And, of course, there's that guy. But I would like to say one thing. If K. Roach wasn't our coach right now and there was an Iranian coach coaching us and whatever Rahmani said, an Iranian coach would invite Rahmani back to the squad as opposed to a foreign coach. So, you know, what I like about K. Roach, he taught him a lesson, you know, as opposed to instead of opening your mouth and thinking you're bigger than your own country, you know, he, you know he's going to regret it, as Bob Ack said, for the rest of his life. And I think that's a lot. Definitely. So, you want to add anything to that, Bobak? Um, no, I think we pretty much summed up the goalkeeping situation. But at the same time, uh, when it comes to professionalism, uh, some players take it, when you call up someone to, that's going to threaten your position, some players take it, put their heads down and start working harder. People like, uh, I don't want to say Montessori, but uh, the, people, the person that's going to play right back instead of Beta Shore, or the person that's going to play in goal instead of Dovary. But then there's uh, someone like Rahmati, maybe he felt a little bit more sensitive, the idea that Iran was courting Dovary, thinking that, you know what, they don't appreciate me, they don't love me, maybe a little bit of Cristiano Ronaldo being channeled over there. <laughs> but uh, he did it the wrong way, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we have to now forget about the past and just uh, support whoever is in goal on that first, first game against Nigeria, because sure. that game is going to, that's going to dictate what happens to us. Definitely. So, you know, we talked about the goalkeeping situation. We talked about tags. We talked about the lineups and everything. So, Bobak, I'm going to go with you first. What is your most ideal starting 11 versus Nigeria? Uh, I think we're past the point of thinking of what I or you or anyone else. Right. I think what do you think Kairos will pick? Let's say that. What do you think Kairos will pick? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say that I think he's going to line up with Hadidi uh, in goal, uh, Sadari and uh, Hosseini in centre-back. He's going to play... Uh, Puladi almost certainly at left back. He's going to play Montezri at right back, which really worries me because he's a center back and he's probably one of our two best center backs. And he's going to be playing right back. He doesn't have the mobility. And him going up against what it looks like it's going to be uh, Victor Moses or Musa, if they, right. uh, Ahmed Musa, if they interchange on the wings for Nigeria, it's going to be difficult because I remember in Seoul he was uh, turned inside out a few times as well. So uh, center midfield, obviously, it's going to be Ando and uh, Nekunam. And then 
you're going to have Dejava, who's uh, going to be roaming behind uh, Guchan and Ejad. And looks like Hadzafi may have won a place at the left side to kind of add protection to Fulladi. And Heydari will do the same on the right side for uh, Montezeri. So that would probably be, may be the lineup on uh, Monday. Probably there's an outside chance that someone like Masu Chojai may just sneak in, but uh, I wouldn't tip too much money on that. So the Bobak, I mean, uh, so I see Bobak said you're a line So Sina, what do you think? Do you agree, or do you have a whole completely different set? Of I, think there is, I think there isn't too much space to roam at all, isn't there? I think yeah. That, that is that is uh, our lineup. I would go with Hariri in there. I think uh, you know, he's, as I said, you know, he's the least ever thrown out of of the three. I think. Um, and the thing about Montezeri is as well against Rune in the friendly, he was he was really open. I mean, it's because of the way we played against him, which was an open game in the first half. And, and we don't play open game. Struggling. Yeah, that's, that's my point. He was really struggling. So, you know, on left, we just played the same back position, you know, which is what we are going to do. Um, we would struggle. But I think, uh, considering the fact that, um, you know, we're just going to defend and we're going to keep it solid at the back, my attribute is going to be to a positive. Because I think, I think uh, once we are completely on the back foot, I think we might be playing with five at the back. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just gonna say that. So, you know, now we see that more, well, there's a lot of issues, obviously, at Ryback with Montezeri and stuff. But would you feel I, like, would you feel comfortable if I told you guys, what if I told you guys that Karish picked uh, Beitoshur over Montezeri for right-back position and instead of having basically three center backs in the game, how about just put Beitoshur and then put Hosseini and Asadiri in, in center back and then left back, probably Puladi. So would you guys, would you guys disagree with Beitoshur being right-back as opposed to Montezeri? Tried them out a couple of games first at right back. I would be more comfortable. Right. At this stage, uh, it's a bit. Uh, look, we're we're going to have to be cautious right now. I mean, there's no time for risk, especially in the first game. The first 15 minutes are going to be crucial. We're going to definitely be. I hope we start on the front foot. We can put them back a little bit and give ourselves uh, give ourselves some breathing space. Because if they start like a house on fire, the first 15 minutes are going to be crucial. If we can see the goal. It's very difficult to see this Iran team ever breaking down teams. Our biggest problem in the qualification and in reality in the last 10 years has been breaking down teams, especially the Middle Eastern, the Arab teams, when they sit back and pack the defense. We're, we don't have the tempo, we don't have the creativity, we don't have the transition to, uh, to threaten the opposition. And our best games are usually played against teams like Japan, Korea, or Saudi Arabia, teams are more adventurous and we actually use the space and the counter-attack. So group kind of gives us, uh, lets us play to our advantage. So at this stage, I would say it's a bit of a risk throwing in Betashur. 
Right. So your thoughts, you know? Yeah, same. I don't think Ben Fischer is a star. But another point I wanted to make is Kai Sakia left wing, though, left in the Philadelphia line. I think that change is just for the winger to do. Right. I think because, you know, Kovar has pointed out himself, and we all know that first game is so crucial, and we need that least one point. So he's going to need even more defensively with Kai Sakia left back. You know, he wants to make sure we at least, you know, we're still in the game after 16, 17 minutes before getting the advantage. And listen, the conditions are still here. We're sitting back, we're defending. We might not use that much energy. <coughs> Nigeria, they'll be, I think they're, they're going to attack, especially within the first 30 minutes. Because they're looking at their fixtures, and they're thinking they have to play against Iran first, then Bosnia, and against Nigeria. They don't want their fate to go you know, into the last game against Argentina. They want to get maximum points against Iran and Bosnia, and they will completely come out of blocks against Iran. And I think that might just be a positive for us. Because, you know, obviously we're good at that's how we got we got into the World Cup, observing observing pressure and then uh, you know, getting teams on the counter. So I think if we can keep it tight for the you know, for the first sixty minutes, then we might we might be able to even make a goal and win the game or get a point. Right. So, but, like, you know, we've talked about the first 15 minutes, but, you know, we've seen how our players, you know, start of second half, they just fade away. Do you think right now, you know, Kairos has obviously helped us with fitness level a lot. So, do you think the players could cope with the fitness level up to the first start of the second half? Or do you think it's all going to depend on the first half and they're just going to sit back, complete the whole game, and just suddenly just counterattack? I think it's the last two months is purely about getting the fitness levels up to a level. And I think that... If he hasn't been able to do it, then no one else will. Because the whole two training counts for two months, he's been working on the fitness levels. We, we've ignored the performances. We've ignored many things. But it's about setting up the tactical shape and getting players up to the fitness level. So I'm actually expecting a much improved uh, Iran performance in terms of fitness compared to 2006 right. at the 60th minute. Until the 60th minute, we were matching all three opponents. But from the 60th minute onwards, the empty tank meant that uh, we had nothing to do other than Ando, uh, Andronic Tamorian, who was still running around until 90th minute. Everyone else had their heads down and they were just faded. So I think that uh, fitness-wise, if I had to put my money on it, I think we'll be better than we've been before. Right. Do you got any thoughts, Ina? Yeah, I agree. I think um, the fact that he's been concentrating on fitness levels so much just shows how important it is uh, you know, to go into this tournament. Um, you know, with the same standards, you know, fitness-wise, as well, the other three. And I think um, it's going to be crucial, especially for our midfield, because they're going to be doing a lot of chasing, a lot of, uh, you know, putting pressure on, uh, you know, on the opposition, especially in our own house. So I think it's going to be really crucial. Uh, and we will see changes, because the players will get tired. And that's the thing I'm worried about, making sure our coaches up to the game because we don't have time for them to settle into the game and then you know by then we might be one or two more behind so right. uh, I think it's important for the substitutes as well to be ready once they come on you know mentally and physically so you know I'm pretty sure you guys watched Nigeria play you know a couple of preparation games before uh, Brazil so if I had to ask you one question who do you think is going to be the most vital player to defend against them or who do you think is the one that Iran should watch out for uh, who, would, who would you guys pick say uh, the front three are the most dangerous. Moses and Musa will probably start on the wings and then Emenike up front. I would be more worried about uh, Moses and uh, Musa running at our two fullbacks. Right. And you, Sina? 
Yeah, completely. I think I'm a I'm a huge fan of Ahmed Musa. I think um, he's one of those that will shine during the World Cup and will move to a much better team than America. Yeah. And then you give him space, and they will exploit it. And I think uh, it's really important to give him absolutely no space whatsoever. And uh, yeah, I think I think those three are really important. Definitely. So you know, now just in all honesty, you know, we're just about to close this really soon. So in all honesty, what do you what do you guys prediction? Uh, can Iran advance to the next stage or not? And what do you think Iran will send? Fourth, second, third. What's your thoughts? Sina, you want to go first? Um, Honest, um, I think the ideal situation for me, personally for me, I think the ideal uh, scenario is to get into the last game against Bosnia and have hope of getting to the next game. Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm not too bothered how the Bosnia game goes at that point, but I don't want to go into the Bosnia game knowing that we've knocked out already. Right. In the, the last two tournaments in the, in the France 98 and then 2006, you know, a, a point against Nigeria would be, you know, would be great. You head into that last game against Bosnia, knowing that a result against Bosnia would give us a great chance of qualifying, and I think that's what Troy would want as well. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Bob John, what's your thoughts? I think. Look, my head, my head says that uh, we're just gonna fall short. My heart says we're gonna end up with four points. But, oh, I hope uh, so. I, fe- I feel it's the game against Nigeria. Everyone, I, I think the whole preparation has been built around the idea that we need to stay in the competition after the end of the Nigeria game. Uh, uh, difficult to see us coming back in games, so we really have to stay tight. I, I, I think we do have a chance to get a 1-0 win. The fact that I watched in, uh, Cameroon the other uh, last night, they were very disappointing. Uh, Nigeria is probably just about the better side, but I feel that our opponents will be underestimating us. They wouldn't be thinking much of us. They'll be thinking, okay, three points from Iran, we've got to get a result against Bosnia or Argentina, etc. So I feel that... Pro- uh, mentally, we may be in a better position right now than Nigeria. They may just be thinking, you know what, we've got three points on the board against Iran. And I, I would like to hope so, because that will play in our hands. Uh, we need to, like Sina said, we need to be in that final game with a chance to qualify. And it's all about the Nigeria game. I actually think that a draw may not be enough overall. We need to try to get a win against Nigeria, even though it might sound a little bit greedy. I, I just feel we need to get three points in that first game and put the pressure on the other two teams because I, I feel Bosnia may actually do uh, may, may do better than some people think. I think they can get a result against Argentina, probably a draw, and then they can beat Nigeria, so it may be us, against, uh, us or Bosnia at the end. I, just to build up on that, Bob, like, I just feel like the, one of the biggest advantages we're going to have because you know, we're playing the African champions, and obviously because they're African champions, they want to probably kill us. But I feel like it's the media too. You know, nobody expects us to advance. Nobody expects us to honestly beat Nigeria. So I believe that's going to help our own players you know, to show that, yes, we're here and we could do something. And I hope that happens. And um, I'm just really, really looking forward to that. I, I'm yeah, hoping. I mean, Yes, yes. I'm really hoping and wishing that once we get one or two corners or even three kicks, we take our chances against Nigeria. That's our strength, actually. That's one of our strengths. That's pretty much 70% of our goals. I think it was for 2006, it was all of our goals in the qualification came from corners or three kicks. But if we score two goals. Even in the qualification, I remember a lot of them came on crosses from Mahdavikia and 
dandy. They they really put in the corners, etc. And we scored a lot of goals off uh, corners. So I, I I agree with Sina. I think set pieces are the, the few that we do get. We need to make them count. Uh, first 15 minutes. I'm going to repeat that again. First 15 minutes are crucial. We can't concede a goal early on. It'll throw the whole preparation and game plan out of the window, and then it's going to be very difficult for us to try to break down. Uh, Nigeria, Argentina, or Bosnia, any of the sides, if, if they play professionally and they start to sit back a little bit and they give us possession, we don't have the tempo. And I, I don't think I can remember the last time an Iranian team had tempo in their build-up play. So it's gonna, we won't be able to transition too quickly or try to find openings between the channels and lines. Definitely. What about KRDB1? The Australian City game last night. I caught about uh, 50, 50. I watched it. Watch yeah, I watched it. I watched it. I just, I just wanted to make the point. Australia went into the game knowing they have to defend. Yes. And they were so sloppy in the first 15 minutes. They, I don't think they had the concentration. They were mentally ready. They took too long to settle into the game. By the time they settled into the game, they were 2 0 behind. And it was too late. They got a goal back, which is fair enough. They, they had a lot of chances. They created, you know, they actually defended a lot better than people would have expected them to. But because mentally. They were, they were in concentration in the first right. minutes. Uh, not just the game, the tournament was pretty much over for them. And I think that's, that's, the, uh, that's the point that Iran needs to pick up as well. As uh, Bob has said, you know, in the first few minutes, in the first half even, make sure you're completely concentrated the game in the first minute. You don't have time to, you know, you don't have, you're not one of those teams that take 10, 15 minutes to settle into the game, to, to get completely, you know, concentrated into the game. You need to be on point from the very first second. Definitely. Good point. Good point, guys. Um, well, I really appreciate you guys doing this with me. And um, just to let you guys know, so you think you guys will advance, yes or no? Yes. Good, good. Bye-bye. Sina? Um, do I have a choice? Yes or no? <laughs> In all honesty, yes. Mashallah. Thank you guys for coming on. Go on. Bye-bye. Same. Hearts check tomorrow but, uh, before the <laughs> yeah, game exactly. starts. It's like <coughs> 270 minutes of sitting and clearing the ball and moving it away. Go, go back and think about Australia all those years ago in 1997. It's going to be that sort of mentality, that sort of performance that can get us through. It's not going to be easy. So if we do advance, we definitely deserve this. Definitely. Thank you, guys. Uh, one thing I just want to say for the f viewers, um, at Bobak Goldries, B-A-B-A-K, uh, G O L R uh, G O L R I Z at Bobby Glory. That's his Twitter, and as for to uh, follow Sina, it's at S I N A underscore S A, and I my myself is Pasha P A S H zero twenty one. So uh, thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on, and I hope to hear you guys from you soon. And do 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 Iran. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. All right, mate.